0: You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, Hartigan Estates invites you to Poker in the Ears.
1: Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I'm Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife, James Hartigan. Happy
2: Indian Police Commemoration Day, Joe. I looked it up. Read a book.
1: I I need to know more about that. What kind of Indian?
2: people from the country of india what did you think it, it was going to be
1: sorry that's all we're allowed to say anymore got it and rightfully so okay uh, happy indian police commemoration day to you james coming up on this week's show all's quiet on the poker front so we're going to take this opportunity to have a chat with one of the more interesting characters in the online poker world we're going to talk to animal and beer lover and online crusher bert stevens but you may know him better as Giraffe Ganger Yes And we are going to see just how much he loves giraffes Because that's <laughs> what the stupid game is about this week
2: Awesome Looking forward to having Bert on the show
1: Hey Bert You know um, I had no idea who you are James and I obviously discussed the show throughout the week And we had talked about having Giraffe Ganger on the show And James emailed me one day He's like what, what time is Bert Stevens coming on And I had no idea who the fuck he was talking about <laughs> He is one of those players
2: who is only known, really, by their online handle rather than their real name.
1: I mean, look—if my name was Bird, I'd probably pick something fake too. Uh, what else should we uh, should we get my personal bad beat stories out of the way now? Oh or no, please save
2: them for later. Give us something to look forward to. Uh,
1: just just a quick down mm. downswing update yeah. later. Speaking of, uh, did we have technical problems last week, no. or was no. it no? Um, Maybe you had an issue with
2: the download of the show that you listened to. Uh, No, I I don't listen to the show. Maybe try switching off and on again, and maybe it'll play fine. Nothing. Nothing went wrong. Nothing.
1: I'm going back to my tradition of never listening to the show ever. And now for something completely different. uh, And by that, I mean something we do every single week, which is Superfan versus Stapes. But I was trying to reference Monty Python because this week the topic is Monty Python's Life of Brian.
2: Looking forward to it.
1: James, I watched an amazing movie on Netflix. I assume you didn't have a chance to uh, watch it this I'm week. I'm
2: so jealous. But... You watched the Sorkin movie, right?
1: Yes. I knew
2: you. As soon as you said you saw an amazing movie on Netflix, I know it's just dropped. It's, the- look, the subject matter interests me. The cast is awesome. Aaron Sorkin, one of my favorite writers, and proved himself to be a pretty solid director as well with Molly's Game really want to see this but no you're absolutely right I've not had the chance to see it yet.
1: It's really great it is It is just what you needed you know I don't know what kind of mood I don't know how to describe the mood I'm in when I want to watch a Sorkin movie but you're like I just want to be just sort of he writes fantasy but in a historical it's like history the way you wish it happened Yeah, and this story, I mean, you, you already hit all the parts of it without having seen it. Great cast, great writing, really interesting history repeats itself type of story. Um, just really great stuff. And I'm Obviously, I miss going to the movies, and uh, the fact that we're still kind of in the state we're in sucks, but we also have to appreciate that we live in a world where we can watch this type of movie immediately yes. at home, on a Sunday night, uh, really something. Um,
2: I have a follow up to that. Actually, I just want to add Trial yeah. of the Chicago Seven to my watch list. I need to. I need to prioritize it. Um, yeah. I don't know whether you saw, but you know, to try and stay across kind of like entertainment industry news, and there are major changes, ahoy, at Disney, where they are very much moving from a theatrical first model to a streaming first model. I think acknowledging that the pandemic and quarantine rules and people's fear about all the regulations that stop people being together in large numbers in close proximity are probably in place for some time that this could actually impact cinema forever and home delivery of content may become the norm not just a way of getting new movies to people in the middle of this particular situation
1: Yeah, theaters were kind of hanging by a thread to begin with. And if it weren't for, you know, your Marvel movies, your big uh, animated releases, the Star Wars movies, you know, theaters were in big trouble to begin with. And this might have just been the final nail in the coffin. So it makes perfect sense. Uh, I did watch a second movie, which couldn't be as polar opposite of the trial of the Chicago Seven. It was a movie called Hubie Halloween.
2: Never Um, heard of it.
1: Okay, so it's an Adam Sandler movie. Now oh, I ass- say no more. Now, d- did you have you never heard of it? Because you, James Hardigan, don't hear of Adam Sandler movies, or do they not push an Adam Sandler movie <laughs> in Europe every three months on Netflix the way they do in America?
2: No, that is a global problem, much like the pandemic. Um, I, this one just hasn't come across my radar i'm acutely aware of the fact that adam sandler seems to have this deal with netflix where he's able to make something every few weeks uh, this slightly <laughs> unfair though right because adam sandler was also on uncut gems another netflix movie i haven't had the chance to see yet but hear very good things about so it's Wait. not all bad when it comes to mr sandler
1: yeah but that's not the same things like Un- Uncut gems is like a safety Brothers like theatrical yeah. release that happens yeah. to have adam sandler look hubie halloween if you want something really dumb for about 90 minutes that kind of is seasonal, I do recommend it, but don't – like ducks, I'm just ducking after yeah. I say that. So yeah. th- that's it for me in pop culture this week.
2: Okay. I, one of the reasons why I've not caught up with anything of substance is I'm fully immersed – In Witcher 3. And Griffin Benji was not kidding. This game has like 150, 160 hours of gameplay in it. It's absurd.
1: Where are you finding the time to play this? Are you staying up late? Are you getting up early? Are you... Uh, because you have a family. What's going yeah, on? Yeah,
2: but I guess I, I am staying up late. And I'm only playing like 90 minutes, two hours a night. So it's not like sure. I'm putting in mammoth sessions. and that It's really hard to make any real progress in the game or do anything substantial if you're only playing in short bursts. And we know that games are designed in such a way to try and keep you playing and engaged for longer sessions and this game could easily do that i'm probably still going to be playing this in a year's time i'm probably still going to be playing this when the next generation of consoles come onto the market what i have been watching with the family and this is this great background entertainment and i think i referenced last week that i I, i've become mildly addicted to the queer eye reboot on netflix it's just such a joy it's just a wonderfully made series they perfectly cast that Fab Five for this reboot. And it's just wonderful to watch every week. I've exhausted all five seasons, sadly, so I've now moved on to the spin off where the guys go to Japan. But you may think <laughs> this show isn't for me, but no, trust me, it is. It's one of those things where if you don't enjoy it, there's something seriously wrong with you as an individual.
1: I've seen parts of it um, because it's one of those things that when I'm unavailable that my girlfriend will watch Uh, and it's kind of on in the background when I'm working on other things. And it is a a delight. And what I'll say about it is what I think is really kind of special about the show is they take superficiality and they take um, aesthetics, things that you would think you shouldn't, that aren't very important, um, and and show you why it is important and in a not superficial way. See, Um, it did occur to me,
2: it did occur to me that what we could do is exaggerate your situation and get you on the show, right? The guys could come in and Jonathan could saw out your beard and your your hair. Uh, Bobby could design your new home. You could have like a complete custom-built home free of charge. All that money you've pumped into Netflix subscriptions could come back in furniture. Uh, Tan could give you a complete new wardrobe, a suit that actually fits. And you could have a good cry with Caramo, and cook something really nice with Anthony.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm not quite... We would have to exaggerate how bad things are right now because unfortunately, my girlfriend has had two years to sort of pull me out of the the depths of but bachelorhood. There are so
2: many men who are nominated by their partners who have failed, for want of a better word, to, to correct their 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 problems so
1: do you do you remember that movie uh, that Lars von Trier movie with um Willem Dafoe where the where the mother is like is putting the baby's shoes on the wrong way just to keep him sort of messed up so she can take care of him yes which one was that that's my girlfriend with me I don't think she wants me to get better I think <sighs> she likes me to be like a little bit a project up. she wants yeah. you to
2: be an ongoing project but of exactly. all the people I know of all the people I could think of <laughs> you were the only one who again and I stress with a bit of exaggeration could be a candidate for that program and hey all publicity is good publicity you want to be on Netflix right
1: yeah, wait, and there, aren't they based in Philadelphia so we could get a little Poker Stars PA tie-in?
2: Uh, they were for the last season, but they move around the country. So I think they were in Atlanta originally, then Kansas City. The last season was uh, Philadelphia. So maybe they'll come to the West Coast in the future. I guess it's a show which right now they're not able to film. I mean, it, it doesn't really lend yeah. itself to kind of COVID-secure filming. Um, But if for no other reason, if you take out all of the so-called superficial stuff, I want a one-on-one therapy session. I want Karamo and Joe to sit down over coffee or do an activity that's an awkward metaphor for a situation in your life that you need to overcome. We need to get to the core of what's eating Joe Stapleton.
1: It's going to be one of those occasions where we both end up crying. Karamo's (laughs) just like, please, no more, no more. (laughs) Speaking of tears... Oh my god, James. I don't I don't know what to do. The downswing continues. Look, I don't want I don't want to be the guy. I don't wanna be the guy. I say this on my Zoom calls with the people I go, I don't want to be the guy that's pitching and moaning. Um so things were going fine. I got down to four-handed, which was in the money. I managed to not bubble. Um and while four-handed, all in pre-flop twice with aces in under 10 minutes, and I lose both of them. Um, ended up finishing in third, uh, when I should have at least made it to heads up. And, uh, I just, I, I don't know what to do. Like I don't, I don't, there's, there's nothing else you can do, but it was against King 10 and against sevens. Um, and did the seven come. Yes, it did always come seven right well, on the flop. At least I mean,
2: that's, that's just not you, Joe. That's just not your bad luck. That's because it's always coming Seven.
1: That, that I would have accepted one of them, right? You're like, oh, I'm a, set, I'm an 85% favorite. I'm a, I'm an 80% favorite. Just bing bong, uh, two in a row, and uh, I, I've had, I had aces one other time since then in the one other home game I played. Um, I, I don't really need to go through the whole thing, but I, I just, it wasn't all in pre flop. I smashed every single, um, every single street. Four four three flop. Four on the turn. Um, river is a nine, and all of a sudden, my opponent leads out for like half pot, which is like eight thousand at this point at the five hundred. Sorry, the fifty one hundred level.
2: So hold on a second. So the board by the river is four 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 three nine. Yes. So. You are worried about the case four, which I don't know what the pre-flop betting action is, but seems unlikely.
1: I made it a thousand pre-flop because yeah. uh, there was a there was a ra- it was a three bet to two hundred. Sorry, so- there was a raise to two hundred from the cutoff. I make it a thousand. The big blind and the cutoff both come along.
2: So just to be clear, you're not really worried about the case four, which means by the river no. you're literally only losing to pocket nines and right. having bet big pre flop turn and then you're facing this bet on the river i mean that no one runs that bad no one can be that unlucky
1: that's what it was though yes pocket nines um <laughs> just just your standard 96% on the turn um that's that's where we're at right now and i don't like i said luckily i'm not losing money because this isn't for money yeah
2: but I mean, there's there's two ways to look at it. First of all, at least if you do believe in this thing, all your run bad, you're getting out of your system while these are play money games and, you know, it should work out long term that you've used up all the bad luck. Of course, that's not reality. Um, but here's my second question and the fact that you've had these other conversations or other players in the game are starting to acknowledge it. Maybe it's not this case. Is it that classic selective memory thing where you're only remembering the occasions when you run appallingly?
1: I'm I'm sure that there is some of that, right? Like now I'm in such a state of despair over what's going on that I'm not acknowledging the flips that I do win. And I will say that like, I have won a flip or two, but ultimately, it's results that I have to look at, which is that in these home games that run two or three times a week, in which the I am not playing against particularly tough competition, the fact that I have, when I run hot, I'm in cash. Still, you know, I should be, I should be winning, just by pure dumb luck. Yeah. Every once in a while, right? And what's really driving me crazy is that. Um, I'm losing when I'm ahead. I'm losing my flips, and I'm a hundred percent of the time losing when I'm behind. Like my ace jack versus ace queen situations. When I hit that jack, it's coming king ten turn river, and it's it, it's maddening. But it can't last forever. And at this point, it's a bit for the show, so I got to keep it going. <laughs> but one of these days, I mean, one of these days. You know what? Maybe I should ask. Gir- no, I'm not going to bother Draft Ganger with this.
2: I was going to say, cut to 2022 and Joe still saying it can't last forever. But yes, you're right, Joe. Let's actually hear from someone who has a lot of success at online poker.
0: Poker in the ears.
1: All right. Well, let's please welcome to the show. I'm tripping over my words because we're finally going to get to the bottom of how this name is said. You know him better as giraffe ganger is that right
3: uh yeah that's close enough that's that's the american or the english pronunciation and i'm pretty happy with that so. you
2: say you're happy with it Bert stevens but what should it be if we were going to say it yeah. correctly
3: how should we be saying it well it's actually dutch so uh it's just uh okay, okay no i'm gonna I, st- yeah yeah. I'm gonna I, stick. I, yeah i
2: understand why everyone <laughs> emphasizes it. but welcome but it's good to have you with us
3: yeah um i'm happy to be here it's uh, it's uh, i feel like it's it's i was hoping you you guys you guys would have me on a little bit earlier but i'm i'm happy that it's now at least you know
1: you know why we d- i'll say the reason why i didn't bring you up sooner is to me you're like kind of elusive and kind of a big deal and i wasn't sure that you would want to do the show. I was actually a little intimidated to ask you.
2: You have to bear in mind, Joe doesn't like rejection, but And generally, <laughs> if we go to like you know the high stakes poker community, they're like, "Can you two clowns please
3: fuck off and leave me alone?" Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, then 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 I understand it. Yeah, no, but uh, I mean, I've been a, I've been a fan of you know everything basically. I, I think there's a lot of uh, guys in the high stakes community who are actually. Still, kind of big fans of, you know, just poker in general. Uh, so, I mean, you guys are a pretty big part of that still.
1: Well, that's nice of you to say. I actually, um, I, the fact that you just said I was hoping you guys would have me on sooner is very on brand for what I know of you thus far. Because I met you once at a comedy show. Pete Latham, who produces for us, is a very talented comedian. You came out for his show, and after the show, you were like, "Let me get these drinks." I'm kind of a big deal poker player. I thought you were probably full of shit. And then it turns out you are kind of a big deal poker player. But to
2: be fair, most people who say they are poker players or say that they are successful at poker are liars. You are in the very small percentage you can say that with some
3: accuracy. <laughs> well, it's actually, it's kind of my favorite running joke is that I've been saying I'm the best or, you know, I'm top 5 or whatever for such a long time and I think like because I'm pretty good now it's kind of almost like people are almost offended because you're not supposed to say that stuff. <laughs> right. You know, you have to be humble and, and shit, but to me it's still kind of funny because I'm obviously not, but if you're looking in from, you know, the outside or uh from like if you're not in the top like if you're not playing the high stakes, you don't really know who's the best and stuff. So I think some people are a little bit offended, but I think it's hilarious, you know, just to go like, hey, yeah, I'm the best. And that's kind of funny to me.
1: It It is funny. And that's, I mean, what I've grown to learn about you since then is that you're a pretty confident, outspoken dude. Have you always been this way? Or is this something that you've sort of adopted uh, along with success?
3: Uh. I think it's more like being comfortable with myself now like i'm kind of happy with how people see me and also uh you know who i am and like who i am so it's i I think that that's the main issue like main um reason why i'm like happy to be outspoken or at least have like i'm not i I like to say things very confidently like uh which is Maybe not really a poker player thing to do uh, because everybody's like, oh, yeah, there's 90% chance of this or it's 50-50. I I like to say things as if they're 100% true all the time and they're not, but I just like to do that. I I don't know. It's uh, That's the kind of thing I like to do, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I I think it's confidence, yeah.
1: A lot of people like to hedge these days or like to be supremely accurate, right? We, you know, Liv goes through this whole thing about like, what does probably mean? What does mostly mean? Um, and I think there's certainly something too. Look, it defines you as a character and you say it's kind of, it's a confidence thing. Um, were you always like that? And if not, when did that change develop?
3: I think, I think it's money. Yeah. At first, of course, like once you have money and you realize, oh, it's actually not that big a deal, or it's not like like if you don't have any money, having money is you know the goal, or at least what whatever comes with it, and then once you have it, you realize oh, it's not you know it's not that big a deal, and then you kind of don't really care anymore what other people think, or uh maybe you know you you don't like I don't like offending people, but I'm kinda if people are offended, that's their problem. It's not really my thing. So I try to be nice and that's it, you know? So I'm interested in how we get to
2: where we are now. Cause you're originally from Belgium. So first of all, what brought you to the UK? Was that a poker decision or was that something else?
3: Uh, yeah. Taxes. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, so You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the only reason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's been a while now and, uh, that's just taxes, yeah, I mean, I'm not really, yeah, there's no other reason, basically, yeah,
2: and when did that happen when when, when did you, when did you when did you leave Belgium and make the u k your kind of professional home
3: um so it's twenty twenty now uh like three four years ago, yeah, like yeah three and a half years ago, I think, so obviously you make that decision at a point where it's economically
2: viable for you to do that. So, what happened mm-hmm. in the years yeah. leading up to that? Has poker always been the objective, always been the goal in your life? Did you have any occupation or pursuits outside of poker before you were on the grind?
3: Um, I I worked in a bar. Uh, that's where the name comes from as well. Uh, it means uh, someone who goes to the Giraffe, and Giraffe is the name of the bar. Ah. So I was yeah. So I was basically there all the time. So they gave me a job. And then, uh, I quit, I quit high school and then I start working there and living there. Uh, like uh, I was on the top floor and, uh, you know, I was just opening a bar and, uh, closing the bar, just sitting there for, uh, you know, rent and some food and drinks. And then, uh, I had to quit because I was, I mean, I was not on the, like, I don't know if you, it, it's like, it's like a light, mild form of being an alcoholic, you know, like just drinking every day. But sure. you know, yeah. So I was on the, the the wrong path. So I quit, and then I started playing poker. I, I played a little bit before, but then I quit, and then I started uh, started playing again after that. So, and then it went pretty, pretty not smooth, but as a, the the natural progression, I got a. I joined a, a backing uh, stable. A stable, so that's the poker in my uh, yep. avatar, um, and then it just went from there, uh, just grinding, 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 and just getting better until uh, yeah. I had I had like uh, pretty a couple of big scores in a very uh, in like a couple of months, and that basically you know propelled me to playing the high stakes.
2: See. Uh- I'm glad that we got i'm glad that we got there the, the the where the name came from because I thought it was the animal rather than a bar because a lot of people now associate you
3: with animals how did yes, that yes. come about um that's all the girlfriend so okay when i, ah. when I quit, yeah, yeah so when I grew up i didn't really have a the animals, or at least not the. I had a couple, of, you know, like chickens. I, I didn't live in the city, but uh, I had a couple of animals. And uh, so, when I quit working in the in the bar, I moved in with with her, and she had, I don't know, one cat or two cat cats. Uh, but she also had a, a pig, you know, uh, horses. So uh, those were all like new experiences for me, uh, and I, yeah, I just. Fell in love with all of them, basically. And now I am a little bit the crazy guy, you know, who wants to... oh, well, you know, we have room for one more. We have room for one more. So, yeah. We we have... Now we have 12, 13 cats. Um, and they're all inside. So it's, uh, it's a lot. Uh, yeah. I so mean, you yeah, don't actually
1: have a farm because there's all kind. look there's not a lot known about you you're a bit of a mystery and i've heard all kinds of rumors one of which that you actually run like an animal shelter with like a property and land is that not the case
3: yeah yeah i mean we're, we're not like we're, we're getting there we're getting there because I, I lived in london for a long time uh now you know we were setting up the the new place so we're still in the works for we're not officially like an animal shelter, but we do have, you know, all the cats. Uh, we have like all the chickens. Uh, we have two geese now, a sheep, a goat, the horses, a pig. You know, so the whole the whole thing, it's it's like a, a fairy tale farm. That's what what I say. Like, so if people say, "Oh, you live on a farm," I'm like, "Yeah, but it's not really a farm. It's like a farm from you know in the." Like in children's books, you know, oh, there's yeah. a pig, there's a pig, there's a goat. There's not, we don't really do anything with the animals. We just, you know, take care of them and let them run around, you know. So it's it's a fairy tale form, yeah. So tell me a little
1: bit about this girlfriend who has, I guess, in some ways changed your life and sort of brought new aspects and new sorts of things into your life that you care about. Um, you know, I, you don't have to share anything too personal, but I'm just curious as to... Um, you know how long this. You don't come across as the kind of guy that would have a girlfriend, aka a poker player, uh, and one who spends <laughs> a lot of time in a bar. Uh, so Joe, I'm just Joe, wondering. Joe, and
2: You wonder why people say no when you invite them on the show. It's comments like
1: that. <laughs> Look, Bert's a Bert's an honest guy. He can handle yeah. it. No, no, I like I
3: like this stuff. I like this stuff. You know, I I know I know who Joe is. You know, well, not really, but you know, I know. I, I watched a lot of. Uh, I listened to a lot of podcasts and stuff, so. I, I like I like uh, I like the jokes, you know. I'm I'm all about the jokes. So. But yeah, I mean, you
1: look. You said you kind of a fairy tale farm. It sounds like you kind of have a bit of a fairy tale relationship, also.
3: Well, besides all the hot sex, uh, not really. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, no. Um, so yeah, I mean, she's she's yeah, she like. I mean, I was really like I said before, I was really in a bad place uh, when I was working at the bar. I was really she she was bringing me food and stuff because i mean i I still can't really take care of myself, so it's i, I think that I think that's the classic poker player thing is like we, yeah we don't really know how the real world i mean we know how it works we just don't really care i think I think that's something that unites a lot of professional poker players, so I'm definitely in that regard a poker player but uh i mean yeah she she stayed with me i I think that's uh that's something, you know, that's, yeah. uh, that's something that's worth a lot. I would say, because I mean, when you grind every day, like you basically just put like real life on hold for a while, just because, you know, you you're trying to get to the top and trying to put in all of the volume, just grinding, 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 you have to move, etc. So it, it's pretty, it's pretty tough. Uh, but, uh. We got to this point and now it's basically, you know, just whatever happens, happens and we're in a good place. And, uh, yeah, she definitely, I, I couldn't imagine. I-, I, I always, I always say like, yeah, I would have been dead a long time ago. You know, if uh, I don't know if that's true, but like it would definitely, everything would be different just because of her, you know? So I owe her a lot. Yeah. Bert,
1: I think you might actually be that one eyed cat I saw on your Twitter feed. I think you yeah. are easily one of these animals that's been adopted and saved by your girlfriend.
3: Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm just one of her rescues, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's actually good, uh, a good one, I like a good uh, analogy. Yeah.
2: You sure. talked there about how hard the grind can be and in every conversation that we do have with serious poker players people who play the stakes that you play it's not just the hours you put into playing it's the hours that they also put into studying and just constantly reviewing their play and looking at the play of others i mean are are, are you in that camp as well is it a balance between actually playing and then reviewing and learning and, and, and and also i guess you do coaching
3: as well right Oh uh, yeah, I do some coaching. Uh, I make some videos, so I do that. And that's—I've I- never been uh, very uh, high on studying. Uh, I have to say, uh, compared to some of the, you know, the other top guys, I think they're studying a lot more. Uh, I'm more of like, uh, you know, I'm just a genius who clicks some buttons. But, uh, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, it's they're—they're they're definitely. People who study a lot, a lot more than me. I'm more of a, I I mean, at least now you have to a little bit because of the more, you know, with all the solvers and stuff, you have to study more like specific things. But I think even two, three years ago, you could get away with just playing a lot and talking with other smart uh, players about hands and just building a strategy from there instead of like really going over and over and over, over the hands and stats and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, these days it's a lot more, you know, just running Sims and looking at them. And, yeah.
1: It's funny because I wrote a question here that said, What kind of player would you describe yourself as, big studier or innately talented? And I think I know which one Bert is <laughs> leaning toward at this point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you, you probably do realize this because you seem pretty self aware. You're one of the folks out there who, your opinion is valued by the rest of the poker community. And yes, I've seen you, you can be like a little bit biting and a little bit, I don't know, like um, sarcastic, but you do seem to be pretty fair with your criticism. Uh, Do you consider yourself to be a role model or a thought leader in the poker community?
3: Uh, I mean, I wouldn't describe it like that, but I do feel that there's nobody really independent that's, at least somewhat no- noticeable that has um, an opinion about stuff that happens. So, like, yeah. I go, I go pretty hard on stuff where I feel like somebody should say something. So, like, right now it's the dog versus Negroni thing, and I don't like everybody's talking about it. So, I don't really need to say. I mean, unless I have like, I think I have a good joke or something, I, I'm not gonna say too much about it. Yeah, but like when, uh, what like the thing with I don't know if you guys uh, saw like the Jungle Man thing with Bill Perkins, and yeah. Bill Perkins did like a whole uh, oh there's a reveal thing about the, the the scam. So I had like a lot to say about that uh, against Jungle Man because I feel like he's basically just stealing money, and everybody's like ah, uh-huh, but it's you know it's just. A little bit of stealing, and I'm like, yeah, but there was a lot of
1: victim blaming with that. A lot of people were just more mad that the news wasn't bigger than as as big as they were expecting, and a lot of people ignored the fact that it was pretty fucked up.
3: It's it's like it's insanely fucked up. Like, I mean, I feel it's there's a lot of scummy things going on in the in the poker world, live online and stuff. But I feel like if you get caught, there has to be consequences because there's already like such a low, like. In, in this case, exactly, there's such a low chance of getting caught like doing this, like just playing on somebody else's account. That if you get caught, there has to be consequences because if there's not, like, there's nobody stopping anybody from doing anything. You know, like the thing with like, okay, Pokestars has very good security. So, you know, the games are fair, but there's always a chance. So I feel like if somebody gets caught like clearly stealing, like clearly trying to scam people. I feel like there has to be consequence. I think that's where there should be no uh, there should be no like going soft on these people just because he's a fun guy or whatever. I, I I like I like I liked his jokes. I liked his you know he he writes a lot of blogs and stuff. I like that stuff. You know I think I, I thought he was a pretty cool guy. Besides like he also scammed in the beginning of his career, but you know that's like a long time ago. And now, like everybody's like, oh, he's a cool guy, whatever. Or or it's like, oh, it's it's Bill Perkins because he's a millionaire or whatever. He's rich, or and uh, Dan Bosserian, he's an asshole. So it's fine to steal, but I mean, I feel like that's not really that's not how it works, you know. You have to, and that's why, like in that regard, I feel like I am maybe some kind of unofficial spokesperson person for like poker world. Like, if people don't agree with me, that's fine. Like, I don't care. Yeah. but i do feel like somebody has to say something sometimes cuz sometimes it's really quiet you know on on like these kind of scammy things and yeah
1: yeah no i appreciate that and i you know i i do tend to think that you have a pretty your what you say isn't always level headed but the actual opinion behind it is and i tend to think it you've changed my opinion on a couple of things where i'm like oh well, if, Giraffe Gang are speaking out about this. Maybe I need to look at this from a different perspective because I do think you take things uh, from a pretty fair angle most of the time. Uh, you, you have been, another thing you've been outspoken about that I just wanted to also get the word out a little bit. And also, uh, I'm curious to know why you were very passionate about what went on in Lebanon. Uh, recently with the explosion there and seemed very intent on helping people there and getting money to the people in need there and i just want to say i noticed that i appreciate it i did also donate money i love what you said when you said all you fucks tweeting that's worth nothing put some fucking money out there put some money where your mouth is and i'm just wondering uh was it just seeing people in need that made you so passionate or do you have some sort of personal connection
3: um. No, I, I didn't actually have a connection uh, to Beirut or anything. Even better, at, at that point. Now, I actually, do I, I talk uh, to uh, a poker player that's uh, like a really young kid and like he's sending me like I raised the money. I send him, send like half to uh, to him and half to uh, like uh, an, an official orga- organization. I don't know if it was like the Red Cross or something. I sent like a little bit to him directly when it was like clear that you could send some money that that wouldn't like just disappear because it's very hard to get money in their hands actually right now. So it's still it's still a big issue. So, um, yeah, so he he and his friends are just going to uh, like the one there's like a big neighborhood that's. I think has like, uh, an Armenian background or whatever. And he's like Armenian. So his friends like help out mainly there. And it's, uh, yeah, he's just like helping fix windows and just giving people cash just to rebuild stuff. So I, I, I really that that just makes me feel good. Right. It's not like I kind of feel bad about that whole, uh, you Fox thing. Well, I don't feel bad because I mean, like the thing is, right? Like I always. I always care too much about that stuff. I yeah. think because um, the reality is, like, I mean, even if if you know if everybody gave like ten bucks, it would still not be anywhere close to what's needed. Like, yeah. just the explosion alone is like three, four billion bucks, wow. and you know they they raise a lot of money, but it's not like they need real help, and it's not coming, and it's it's still like a big issue. And now I actually. Like I really want to do more, but it, it's very, it's very, very, very hard. Uh, but yeah, I do feel bad. Like I target, target like some specific people because I do understand. Like you see the the images of the explosion, and you're like, oh, that's a that's a horrible thing. And uh, I pray for Beirut and stuff. But everybody moves on very, very quickly, uh, which is I don't know. It's like a sign of times, I guess, because there's so much shit going on. Yeah. That, I mean, but I understand it. So I, I feel I, I apologize to some people that uh, I personally, you know, tried to get some money out of them, which I did. But <laughs> I wish I wish I uh, didn't do it like that, I guess. Yeah. But yeah look, but yeah,
1: I know that, you know, it's a drop in the bucket, but you're still helping, you know, and uh, I'm glad you're out there and I appreciate it. I, you know, m- those specific people you called out, I. I I wasn't even aware of that. I don't think. Just I saw a couple of tweets in general, like "Hey people, get your shit together, let's go." Uh, And I think that we need more of that out there. So I just want to say thanks.
3: We actually did raise some money. Like I didn't go public with uh, a lot of the donations, but uh, like, like the poker world is still very because I think there's such a low level of care about money. It's very easy to get them to give something. You know, it doesn't always have to be a lot, but. No, like when when Dan Smith does his does his charity drive, it's kind of insane how much money gets raised, yeah. and it's very, like, it's one of those things that I think, as a poker player, uh, you feel pride when you know it's it's something that it, it comes from within the community, or you know, at least I mean, it's from one guy, but everybody chips in, and he's a good guy, and everybody likes him. So I think those are the things that are really uh, are really important, you know. No, definitely. It just
1: takes the motivation. Sometimes that's it, and you're out there motivating people, and I fucking like it.
3: Yeah, yeah. I do. I do think like there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of will to do good stuff. Uh, like not only like with, with with charity and and things like that, but like just in general, like just purely in the poker world. Uh, you know, everybody like it, like a lot of the negativity is always the first thing that people notice, and then. Everybody shuts kind of like shuts down, you know. Like one one guy says, "Oh, this is shit," and then everybody's like, ah, "Yeah, maybe it's shit," and it shuts down. So, like for me now, I kind of like you know, just going to somebody and saying, "Oh, this is a great article," or "This is a great, uh, you know, this is a great uh, piece of content that I really like." So, I, that kind of stuff, I, I try to be just directly outspoken about th- that kind of stuff, and I try to be less. Like shitting on people. I do still shit on people. (laughs) Well look, I uh,
2: salute uh, anyone uh, who is at the very least Trying or attempting to have a meaningful discourse on social media. It is an uphill challenge. Some may say a, a fruitless challenge, but as I said, I, I will always give praise to those who try. I have one last poker-related question I wanted to ask you, but when we were covering both Stadium Series and WCoupe, whenever you would appear at the tables, I noticed there was a, a hardcore section of the viewership who suddenly were like really excited that you were on stream. And it's like okay, why are they all such big fans of Giraffe Ganger? And I suddenly realized it's because they all got to meet you. And I didn't realize that you'd made an appearance at Lex Live 2 last year, at Asper's, and had met so many members of the Twitch community, many of whom, of course, are poker fans who probably watch more poker than they play poker. Um, Was that just a kind of, I'm going to check out and see what all this is about?
3: No, no, no. So I've been... uh... Well, I wouldn't say active on Twitch, but like I've been in everybody's stream. I've like, you know, every time I'm on a table with with a streamer, I go, of course, and I say good luck or whatever. And then I do it because then the streamer has to say nice things about me. But they can't call <laughs> me like if I if I'm in the chat, they're not gonna call me. You know, whatever they want to call me. So it, it's it's you know, and, it, and you know, we make some jokes, especially with Lex. We I uh, played like. I've been watching him since he still had like the, the soundboard and stuff. Like when he was playing the the early schedule, I was also grinding the early schedule. So I, I really like Lex. So I was in the chat and then, you know, he start like every time I'm on a stable, he talks to me and we, you know, that's the kind of stuff. So when Lex Life was in London, I just went like, okay, I'll just go. And I, I just, you know, get really drunk and tell people, oh, I am the greatest poker player in the world. And then they ask who it is. <laughs> And then you know, there's always like one guy. Oh, you're this guy. Like, there's always somebody who knows my name, which is you know, I really like because uh, you know, I don't know, I kind of like that stuff. So. We all like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I really like it. So, <laughs> but, so I get really, I get really drunk, and you know, I uh, I rant, and you know, I, I try to have a good time. So I think, you know, I, for me that that's I just enjoy that stuff. So. I don't know. Like, if people also have a good time, I think that's you know, I think that's kind of a that's why I think a lot of people like me, or at least in that regard, because they know me. uh, I'm in all the streams, you know. I try to, I try to you know talk to people and yeah, I'm I'm like because I play high stakes. It's like oh, he's one of the guys who actually still because I I played I played like twelve dollar ABI. Three years ago, four years ago, or you know, maybe a little bit longer now. Yeah, so it's not that long. So I'm I'm one of those guys that you know just build it up from nothing. Yeah. So I think that's also like a reason why, like I'm real relatable. Besides, you know, oh, that, you know, with all the cats and the goat and shit, but everything else is kind of relatable. Like and the, the beer. My, yeah, 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 and the beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: All right. Well, I know you like to take it out, chop it up have a good time so uh tradition on this show is that i prepare a stupid game for my guests now i'm not gonna lie bert um i kind of assumed that giraffe ganger was based on your love of animals and the fact that you had giraffes on your farm so um <laughs> joe the name is this- no one yeah
2: no one has giraffes
3: on a farm i actually i actually looked it up and it would be possible. It would be possible. Yes, but you would be um, the
2: first, right? I mean, outside of zoos and safari parks, no
3: one keeps giraffes. Surely, okay. Uh, but the safari park—I mean, it's kind of easy to have a safari park, like the well, not easy, but the the licenses and stuff. though. So. like that—that's why, like the the whole the whole stupid uh, TV show uh, on Netflix. The guy has like lions and tigers, and they don't need anything. They just you know they just get the fucking animals, you know. What are you going to do? Like take them? I don't know. Well, we'll this is
1: this is perfect then because yeah. you've yeah. already looked into ha- if you could possibly have giraffes. The game I've come up for you is called the NAF giraffe polygraph. Now, what's going to happen is I'm going to make a NAF statement about giraffes and you have to tell me whether I'm lying or telling the truth. And I know you're not uh, native to England. Do you know what NAF means?
3: No, I was going to ask.
1: NAF yeah. means lacking in style or good taste, vulgar and unfashionable. Shit. Okay. Yes. I'm, yes, yes. Like I'm going to make a vulgar statement about giraffes. You have to tell me whether it is a
3: true or a lie. Wow. This is actually, I mean, this is going to, I really want to have everything correct.
2: Yeah, good luck with that.
3: <laughs> Here we go. The NAF
1: giraffe polygraph question number one. Both male and female giraffes have a pair of hair-covered horns called ossicones, and I got your ossicone right here. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, I think that's correct, yeah.
1: That is true. Yeah. Uh, uh. Question number two. Much like my mother-in-law, a female giraffe is referred to as a cow.
3: Huh. I, I know like the the little ones are called calves, so uh I I'm gonna go with yes. True is correct.
1: you're two for two. Question number three. Giraffes can run as fast as a shitty Italian race car.
3: So a shitty Italian race car that's like that's really fast, so right? I know they're fast. Uh, they're really fast. I don't know I don't know. I don't know. Let's let's go with no.
1: That is correct. False. They top out around 35 miles per hour. Yeah. You are three for three, giraffe I'm loving, ganger.
2: by the way, the, the the poker logic that's being applied yes. with each know, of these questions. There it. is serious <laughs> thought and analysis over each of these questions.
1: Uh, here we go. Question number four. Because it's so awkward and tall, a giraffe, much like my ex-girlfriend, also often has to spread its legs to get a drink. <sighs>
3: uh I, I i'm gonna go with yes i know they like at least you know do something to get to uh, to the ground yeah that is correct
1: you are four for four yes okay question number five last one uh we do seven total seven oh, total
3: okay, cool, cool perfect yeah.
1: question number five giraffes spend most of the day sleeping like my fat lazy brother
3: uh, I think that's actually false. I think it's the opposite.
1: Correct. False. They only sleep five to 30 minutes a day, mostly in the form of naps.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Question number six. Penultimate question. A baby giraffe can't walk for several weeks after being born, much like my current girlfriend who can't walk for days after I'm done with her. <laughs> this is...
3: Absolutely
1: obnoxious. Nah. It's the NAF giraffe polygraph.
3: Yeah. Um, no, this is false. It's only only humans are useless when they were when they are born. So. Yeah.
1: That is correct. Baby giraffes can walk within an hour, generally, of being born. Yes. And finally, the last statement in the NAF giraffe polygraph: During birth, baby giraffes are flung further from their mother's vaginas than a Bangkok ping
3: pong ball. Uh, I mean, do, do you mean, like, the the height that they fall from, or just, like, they get, they get like... I can't you know. believe correct. that you
1: need to seek
3: clarification correct. on the parameters he's, he's of this right question.
1: He's right to ask. It's a good clarification. I mean the height that they fall from. Yes, yes. Yes, correct. They fall correct. five feet to the ground. Yes. Well done. He ran the board. <laughs> seven for seven. Wow. Ship it. Ship it to Giraffe Ganger, who does know a fuck of a lot about giraffes, turns out.
2: I should hope yes, so. Yes. Uh, but it was an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I'm sorry that it's taken us this long to invite you on, but uh, it, it no, was no, worth no, the wait. No, Let's no. put it that way. <laughs> Enjoyed the experience. Yes.
3: yes. Oh, yeah. By the way, uh, I'm, I'm down to do commentary in the series you're going to run in November. So just hit me up and uh, I'll hop in. Should there be a series in
2: November, we will
3: definitely hit you up. Bert Stevens, yeah. thank you very much for coming on the show. It was, it was uh, my pleasure. Thanks, guys.
0: Superfan versus Stakes.
2: It's Superfan time once again on Poker in the Ears. Uh, we are going to the country of Canada, speaking to a chap who doesn't look
0: particularly Canadian, Chris Searles. Hello. Hi, guys. How are you doing?
1: I mean, he looks Canadian, he doesn't sound Canadian.
0: I've been here about 15 years now from the fair shores of England.
1: I- I've heard they're pretty rough on immigrants there. Are you doing <laughs> all right 15 years later?
0: I- I'm now a Canadian citizen. That's hey. just that. <laughs> so, you live in Vancouver,
2: am I right? That's correct, yes. You've lived in Canada for 15 years. You don't sound that's like it. it. It has had no influence over your accent whatsoever.
0: Um, some words, apparently, some words have changed. But um, you know, when you don't have an education, you know, you try to keep your accent as much as you can. <laughs> do
1: you? Speaking of education, do you know how the country of Canada got its name?
0: Oh no, 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 no! I, it yes. came from a village, Kanata
1: yes but how the village got it that's name. correct see where, well done Chris. These- thank you for answering
2: that trivia question which was not in any way the setup to a tired joke that we do not have time for today <laughs> chris what took you to canada i know that in trying to set up this call there was a lot of back and forth you're clearly a professional man you clearly got a day job so tell us about your life and tell us how you ended up in vancouver
0: yeah, no, I'd say 15 years ago, everybody started heading to Australia and I decided to do something different, mainly because Australia was full of Australians and and a lot of English people and I literally one day said, uh, you know, and times, this is enough. I'm going somewhere completely different. So looked at the map, thought Canada sounds nice. If you're going to go, go to the furthest part. And literally bought my ticket and came out and this is it.
1: And now for something completely different, a little Monty Python drop there. Uh, What is it that you
0: do? Because they don't let you stay in the country if you don't have a job. (laughs) No, I've done a few different jobs over the years, but in the last three or four years now, I've been selling facility maintenance contracts for commercial buildings. So when you're looking at all the janitorial, HVAC, plumbing, electrical for all the big office towers where people work. I do get commissions. Cool, man. That must be pretty good. Yeah, not at the moment. There's not a lot going on right now, but (laughs) I'm employed, so that's just be grateful.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's that's all we can hope for at this current point in time. And of course, being in the
0: top end of North
2: America, you can still play
0: online poker for real money. I do play minimal stakes online at the moment. About $7 is my maximum at the moment until I can build that bankroll. Okay, Well, well, we got a prize for you.
2: As you know, Chris, (laughs) there is the opportunity here to win a $109 Sunday Million ticket. So that is not inconsequential. So that will give you the opportunity to spin it up. Of course, there is the t-shirt thrown into the mix as well. Uh, Your initial suggestion was the Goonies. That went as a specialist subject many episodes ago. Uh, We did have someone who chose Monty Python as a specialist subject, but you were more precise in the life of Brian their 1979 controversial movie. Um, Joe, did you get the chance to revisit this one? You did. That's right. You told us that your girlfriend fell asleep in it.
1: I did. I rewatched it. My girlfriend fell asleep. But I will say this. I felt the same way about this movie I felt the first time. The first 45 minutes is amazing and hilarious. And then after that, I just want it to be over i don't understand what's happening everyone's running around the movie ends in such a weird spot um i i i hope there aren't a lot of questions from the second half of this movie because i i mentally checked out pretty damn near close to the 50 minute mark
2: i mean i'm a huge fan of this movie chris but i mean and i love monty python but i will concede that everything they do is very uneven
0: Very true. I think uh, John Cleese even stated later that they did one thing that nobody could do, and that was to unite all religious aspects in their hatred for the movie.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Patrick, our former intern, has constructed a quiz. He watched the film for the first time yesterday. He said it was silly, but not in a bad way. So there you go. Patrick's (laughs) review of Monty Python's Life of Brian. Um, That's a summary of Joe Stapleton, really.
1: Ah, <laughs> thank
2: you. Here is here thank is a, a hashtag fun fact. Um, I interviewed Michael Palin about this movie back in the early 2000s when George Harrison died because George Harrison, of course, best known as One Quarter of the Beatles, was also the guy behind Handmade Films, which came to the rescue when they were struggling to get the finance together for Life of Brian. It was, uh, it was um, uh, him who basically came up with the with the money. He's
1: listed as a producer. Yeah, I noticed that in the credits.
2: Yeah. Um. So, shall we get to the quiz? You know how it works. Ten questions, multiple choice, two points if you need the options. Sorry, two points if you don't take the options. One point if you do. Uh, please give me a number, Chris, between one and ten. Five. Question number five. According to one of the wise men... What star sign was Brian born under? Capricorn. Capricorn for two points. That was from the very start of the movie, Joe.
1: You would have got that one, wouldn't you? I would have got that one, yeah. Uh, Stu- why did you pick seven like everybody else, you knucklehead? <laughs> <laughs> I never picked five either, though, so that's a good choice. What number would you like, Joe? Um. You know what? The guests always take seven, and I always would get the first question. Let's go. I will come seven. Okay,
2: question number seven. How does the scrawny Jewish guy win the gladiator fight?
1: Uh, He he runs around in circles till uh, the guy gets tired. And? And what happens to the guy? Uh,
2: Yeah, he has a heart attack.
1: Yeah. Sorry, thanks, thanks, Chris. (laughs)
2: Don't give him clues. You do realize. There, he's won two a of the last I three know games, a hard Chris. Test. Two of the last three, he's won. I he's, know he has a reputation for never winning. Me. He's on a roll. Be careful. Don't give him any assistance. Uh, one through ten other than five and seven. Six. Question number six. Why does Stan want to be called Loretta? What does Stan specifically want?
0: I would like to take some multiple choice options if you're trying to be specific on what he wants. Is it because he has long hair, he wants to have babies, he
2: likes the name, he wants to be a feminist? He wants to have babies. Correct, for one point. Joe, where would you like to go on the board?
1: Uh, Give me the lowest possible number, please. One.
2: Number one. Why does Brian's mum want to leave the sermon on the
1: mount? She wants to go to a stoning.
2: Correct for 2 points. See, you're regretting helping him now. He's got a 4-3 lead. 2 3 4 8 9 or 10, Chris. 3. What is Brian's surname? Oh. Cohen. Correct for 2 points. 5-4 the score. Joe
1: Give me the highest possible number, please.
2: The highest possible number is number ten. Who is the first person that the crowd ask pilot to release? Roger. Release Wadger for two points. Sorry, I should have said Wadger. You're right. It's fine. <laughs> I will. I'll accept either. Patrick wrote down both <laughs> options. Uh, two, four, eight, or nine, Chris. Nine. Question nine. What is the name of Brian's lover?
0: Oh. I want to say... I'm going to have to take an option on that one.
2: Is it Janice, Anna, Augusta, or Judith? Judith. Judith, and it is a tied game. Joe, your question. Two, four, or eight?
1: Give me number 4 please the unluckiest number
2: you're picking good questions uh, so sorry question number 4 how long was simon the holy man silent for
1: oh i don't know that one without the cho- without the choices i don't think go tell me the choices one month
2: 5 years 10 years or 18 years
1: 18 years
2: correct for one point so going into the final <laughs> round Joe has a one-point advantage uh, you can have question 2 or question 8 Chris 8 please what name makes all the Roman soldiers laugh when pilot keeps repeating it Biggest (laughs) diggers. Meaning you now have the one point lead.
1: Still funny.
2: (laughs) So childish.
1: So childish.
2: Joe, the final question is question number two. An ex-leper begs Brian for money at the start of the movie. Yeah. How much does Brian actually give him?
1: I'll take the choices.
2: Is it a shekel, half a shekel, a denarii, or half a denarii?
1: Is it a denarii or a half a denarii? It's What's the score right now?
2: Chris will win the game if you get this wrong. If you get this right, it goes to the tiebreaker.
1: It's a denarii
2: half a denarii from a bloody life story oh, and that means by a margin of one point chris you have conquered you have won this round of superfan versus Stapes. so you are going to get a t-shirt from the poker in the years range plus you're going to get a 109 dollars sunday million ticket thank you very much i'm sorry it was such a ball ache trying to organize this thing but i'm glad we got to talk to you and it was great having you on the show
0: thanks so much guys my apologies for the dropping in change but i really appreciate coming on the show Dude,
1: make sure you let us know if you if you uh, make any noise in the Sunday Million. Love to hear back from you if you do.
0: Oh, absolutely! I'll let you know when I bust uh, busted about five thousand. <laughs> <laughs> that works too.
1: All right, my babies, we're almost out of time for this week's show. Coming up next week, it's Poker Movie Monday on a Wednesday with. A two-for-Tuesday double feature.
2: (laughs) And, of course, it will be released on a Thursday. Um, Yeah, you're looking forward to these two?
1: Uh, Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, These two, of course, are Shade with Sylvester Stallone and Jamie Foxx and the Stu Unger movie with Michael Imperioli. I I can't remember what it's called, so I'm just calling it Um, the <laughs> Stu Unger movie with Michael Imperioli from okay. now on. Um, I mean, I said I was looking forward to it. I'm really not, because at this point, I would imagine if there were any good poker movies out there, I would have heard of them by now.
2: Yeah. So. Yeah. Both these movies from 2003. Uh, the Stu Unger movie, by the way, I believe its original title was Stewie, and then it was later rebranded, High Roller, the Stu Unger story and you always have to be suspicious when they change the title of a movie because it means it didn't do anything on its initial release. Um, should say that we have got our superfan book for next week but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't watch along as well because the podcast is going to be so much more enjoyable for you to listen to if you've also just been through the let's call it experience of watching these two films. As I think I've mentioned already both available on Amazon Prime for free in the UK. That's assuming you've got a Prime subscription. Is that the same deal in the US, Joe?
1: Uh, I think so. I think it's even one better in the US. Now, this Do Hunger movie is only available on iTunes. You can rent it for three bucks. But Shade, you don't even have to have Amazon Prime, I don't think. I believe Shade you can watch for free on Amazon with commercials. Oh, Even wow. if you don't have Prime.
2: Cool. Um, So check out both those films. And even though we've got a superfan for next week, that doesn't mean that we don't need superfans for future weeks. In fact, I think I might have to do an appeal on social media soon. I know that there will be people who've applied in the past and feel they've been forgotten. And they're right. I probably lost their details. So that means reapply. (laughs) We want you to nominate your specialist subject. We want you to come on the show, potentially win prizes, hashtag poker in the ears, or you can just at me or Mr. Stapleton on Twitter, and we will do our best to get you on the show.
1: All right, my babies, that is all the time we've got for this week's show. Do not forget to comment, like, subscribe, read the book, buy the t-shirt, get involved, use the hashtag. But for now, until next time, for James Hardy and I am Joe Stapleton, smell you later.